supplies your needs. And he said, if you believe that, he said, I'm going to rent a U-Haul tonight and come over to your house and get everything you don't need. Just some stuff you wanted that God let you have. Amen. Amen. All right, let's open our Bibles tonight for a few minutes to Romans, the 13th chapter tonight. Romans, the 13th chapter, and then we're going to go over to Ephesians and grab a verse to go along with it tonight. The 13th chapter of the book of Romans, we're going to begin our reading in verse number 11. And Paul writing, and said, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, and the day is at hand. And over in Ephesians chapter 4, and the 14th verse, uh, we'll make a companion verse for what we've read. And he said, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and rise from the dead, and Christ will give thee light. You can be seated. Our fathers, we come this afternoon. Uh, Lord, what a, what a blessing to be able to come to church, and, and uh, Lord, to meet with God's people, and Lord, to hear uh, the singing, the piano playing, and the specials that we've heard tonight. Uh, Lord, I, I mean it from the depths of my heart. I enjoyed it to the innermost being of my soul, and I thank you for it. And now we come tonight, Lord, and, and uh, Lord, we come up to the Word of God, and we ask the Lord to open His Word up to us tonight and speak to us. That is the food for our soul. We can go to Shoney's or McDonald's or Cracker Barrel, and we can feed our physical body. But if we have any food for the soul, we'll have to get it from the Word of God Lord, bless your people tonight for being here. I pray for those that are uh, not able physically, literally, Lord, to be here tonight, but I pray you'll bless them by the way of the Internet. We're always, Lord, uh, always praying and always, uh, Lord, uh, wanting to be on the lookout for those that may not know Christ and pray that they might come to know Him in that free pardon of sin. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen and amen. Uh, I know you noticed both texts tonight. The Apostle Paul, he talks about the night being far spent. And we are in the night. Uh, We're children of the day, but we are in the night. We've been in the night for a while. And uh, the longer you're in the night, the harder it is to stay awake. I don't know if you ever worked a third shift or not. I worked it for 23 years off and on, and they call it the graveyard shift. You say, why they call it that? Well, you work it, you'll find out. Uh, Amen. Uh, But I know that a lot of times I'd go in on a Saturday night and work till about 3 o'clock, and they'd let me go home, and I'd go home, sleep an hour or two, and come over and preach that morning. A lot of times go to the funeral hospital that evening, preach that night, uh, have to go back as soon as I got through preaching, I'd bring my clothes with me and change and, and drive in and work all night long. And those were the hardest nights to stay awake uh, because you uh, hadn't had any sleep and uh, you'd do everything to try to stay awake. You'd drink coffee till you just got sick of it, almost gag you to drink another cup, uh, but you'd done everything to try to stay awake. And as the further you got into the night, the harder it was to 
stay awake. And uh, the church is a long ways into the night. This thing didn't start yesterday. Uh, we're not in Acts chapter 2. Uh, that's when the church was birthed and that was its uh, birth and its uh, young age. We're not there anymore. We're 2,000 years removed from that and we're really getting into the old age of the church. And when you get in old age, you know, some of us are getting there. And when we get in old age, you'll find out that you can't hear like you used to. And you'll say, what's that you said? Uh, what'd you say? Because you can't hear like you used to hear. And that's why the Lord told that Laodicean church and all the rest of them, the Lord said, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Because in this old age that the church is in, we don't hear like we used to hear. And I'll tell you something else about getting old. You don't like to get out at night. Folks say, preacher, I want to come, but I can't get out at night. I can't see to drive, and I understand that. And we're in the old age of the church, and, and, and we don't want to get out much at night. This is a large crowd for a Sunday night service. A lot of churches don't even have it no more because they didn't have this many. And so they decided there wasn't no use to have it. I think you ought to have it. If you just got a handful, I think you ought to have it. I think the door ought to be open. You say, well, sinners won't come anyway. They may not, but I think we ought to have the doors open opportunity for them to come uh, on most of a regular basis. And I'll tell you something else about getting old. You, you don't eat like you used to eat. Food don't taste good uh, like it used to taste. And so we don't have the appetite that the early church had. The early church, they just ate up the Word of God. When uh, I preached over in Jamaica, and boy, you get over there, they just sit in front of you like they're starving to death, just, could, just like they couldn't, you couldn't get it out quick enough uh, for them to get the next word. But it's not that way in, around where we live. Because uh, folks... Uh, been in this thing a long time. They say, well, preacher, I've done heard everything you've got to say. Well, if you've been here over five times, you probably have. But you need to hear it again. Uh, Peter said, I want to stir your minds by way of remembrance. A great preacher said that the job of a preacher is to constantly remind people of what they constantly forget. And there's the truth in that. Amen. And so I, I realize that we're in, the, we're in that time that Paul said the night is far spent. And the church has always had a problem staying awake. We think about Samson in Judges 16 and verse 19. And Samson, he lay in the lap of Delilah. And Delilah literally rocked him to sleep. And we look at Delilah as a type of the world. And uh, the Christians have laid around the world until the world has almost rocked the church to sleep. We think about Jonah who went down in the sides of the ship and the Bible said that Jonah wasn't just asleep. The Bible said Jonah was fast asleep. I mean he was in a deep sleep and God had to send a storm to wake him up. And I wonder if all that's going on in our country and around and all these floods and all these fires and all these uh, uh, pandemics and all these things that are going on, I'm wondering if God's are trying to wake us up. I don't know. I'm just wondering about that. I think about old Eutychus that 
set up there in the in the second story, and the Bible said Paul was a long preaching. Now you accuse me of preaching long. I've never preached. I've never preached till midnight except in a watch night service. Uh, but Paul was preaching long until midnight. And can you imagine? I mean, I understand you going to sleep on me, but can you imagine going to sleep on the apostle Paul? This man that God had had revealed seven of the mysteries to him in the New Testament that nobody knew in the Old. This man, Paul, that wrote 14 books of the Bible that God let him use, and yet the Bible said that Eutychus, he went to sleep while Paul was preaching, and he fell out of the second story, and they, they thought he was dead, but they brought him back to life. Amen. Uh, well, I've seen some like that that I thought they was dead. Uh, uh, they had been asleep so long. Uh, and, uh, and I used to, my grandson Zach, uh, when he was little, Zach, he'd come to church and he loved church. And, and back in those days, he'd be the first one at the altar. He'd be the first one to burst out with tears when he was uh, about six, seven, eight years old. And uh, Zach, one day, many of him was riding home from Sunday morning church in my Jeep. And he got in beside me there, and I said, Zach, I, I said, God might call you to preach. And uh, I'd noticed Zach that morning, every time I ever give my text, I say, turn to so-and-so, and in five minutes, Zach would be asleep. And I said, Zach, I said, the Lord might call you to preach. And he looked over at me, looked around, and he said, I hope I can stay awake. <laughs> well, church has always had a hard time. Staying awake. Even when he's young, it had times when people went to sleep. But there's three times in the Bible, there's three times, crucial times, uh, that the church went to sleep on God. And I'm going to give you all three of them tonight in just a few minutes. It won't take long. But I want you to look in Luke the ninth chapter and look in the 27th verse. We call this the, the, the story of the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is speaking there, and the words are read. If you have a red-letter Bible, verse 27, Jesus said, But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here uh, which shall not taste of death till they, till they see the kingdom of God. And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up in a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. His raiment was white and glistering. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Watch verse 11, 32. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were awakened, they saw His glory and the two men that stood with Him. I want to call your attention to a phrase there in verse 32. Don't miss it. And the Bible said, And when they were awakened, they saw His glory. They never saw His glory until they was awakened. And I don't believe the church will ever see God's glory until we get woke up. Now, we look here... I call this, this church is called asleep 
on the Mount of Transfiguration. My, what a place to go to sleep with all that's going on here. But the Bible said, but they were heavy with sleep. Uh, uh, can you imagine going to sleep with all that's going on on the Mount of Transfiguration? Jesus is transformed before him. His garments become white. There appears unto him from the glory world uh, Moses and Elijah. And yet the Bible said that they went to sleep. Why did they go to sleep on that mount of transfiguration? Well, number one, uh, they went to sleep because uh, of Satan, because there's a devil, amen? Uh, uh, you, you say, I don't think the devil's got anything to do with it. I do. I I think the devil and demonic spirits and the devil being the main one, I think, Brother Sammy, that uh, that the devil cast a spirit of slumber over the church and a spirit of slumber over this world. Amen. Uh, Why the Bible said itself, the Bible said this. Uh, it said in uh, Matthew 13, 25, he tells a parable there, and he said, While man slept, uh, his enemy came. You know who our enemy is? Our enemy's the devil. You say, Brother Rick, I don't believe that. I'll prove it to you. Uh, you can take you can take Sports Illustrated. You can take a hunting magazine or a gun magazine. Uh, uh, you ladies, uh, better housekeeping, better homes. One of these uh, magazines that magnify all these beautiful homes. Uh, and you can look at that, amen, till the rooster crow uh, and you won't go to sleep. Uh, but I guarantee you, you get a Bible and you open that Bible, you're not sleepy. You're not even thinking about sleeping, but you open that Bible and you'll be fighting it in 10 minutes. Am I telling the truth? I, some of you don't know because you never read your Bible. But I promise you I'm telling the truth. I had a young man come to me and he said, Brother Rick, I need you to pray for me. I said, what's wrong? He said, I got insomnia. He said, I can't sleep. I lay awake all night. I can't sleep a wink. It's about to kill me. I said, read your Bible. He said, do what? I said, read your Bible. I said, just start reading your Bible. And I said, you'll go to sleep. And I said, if you don't, the worst thing will happen. You get all your Bible read. Amen. Amen. But you know what? He must have tried it, Lance. He never did come back. And I've seen him. He didn't have no red eyes or circles under his eyes. And if you don't believe me, you try it. Just get that Bible out. Just start reading that Bible. I'll tell you something else. Just get in your prayer closet and start praying and you'll get sleepy, amen. I don't get sleepy watching gun smoke if I've been up all night. But I can start listening to preaching of the Word of God or I can start trying to read my Bible and the next thing you know, I'm out. I'm telling you uh, that, that people go to sleep. The church has a hard time staying awake uh, uh, because there's a real live Satan, a real live devil in the world. Uh, he don't want you to hear what God's Word says. Amen. Can I tell you not only that, but I just happened to notice in this chapter how busy they had been. You know, when you read in verse 1 on down through there, the Lord had given power and authority over devils and, and to cure diseases. And in verse 2, He sent them out to preach and He told them what to do and they went out preaching. And uh, they was out preaching. But in verse 10, they had come back. And when they come back, they'd been out preaching 
And the apostles, when they were returned, they told him all that they had done. They'd been busy. They hadn't been uh, laying around. They hadn't been uh, sleeping somewhere. They had been busy, amen. Well, they hadn't much more than got back. And the Bible said all these people followed them out into the wilderness. And uh, you know the story how the Lord fed them. But you know who the Lord used for His servants? He used the disciples. He took the bread and gave it to them. And they took the bread and they give it out there to that multitude. Just like you and I are supposed to do. We're supposed to take the Word of God. And we're supposed to give it to those that don't have it. Don't have it. Don't know anything about it. And can you imagine how strenuous it must have been to feed 5,000 men Plus women and children. So all together you're probably talking about 10,000 people. And they're all day doing this. And all day they're doing that. Why you know they were wore out. They were tired. But look at verse 18. The Lord got done doing that. And the Lord said let's pray some. And it came to pass as he was alone and praying. His disciples were with him. Now it doesn't say they was praying. It just says his disciples were with him. You know what will put you to sleep? Listen to somebody else pray when you ain't praying. It's just long praying. Listen to somebody pray. And it's even the Lord. And the Bible said they went to sleep. Amen. And then uh, we just read how busy they've been all the way down through there. And uh, the Lord, uh, they're wore out. They're wore out. Uh, uh, you know what's wrong with us today? We're wore out. We're stressed out of our mind. We run here and there and everywhere. And physically we're wore out tonight. Amen. Uh, well, they were tired. The physical body gets tired. It wears out. Uh, and did you know your spiritual body will not be able to function like it ought to if your physical body is not where it needs to be? An old preacher told me a long time ago, he said, Preacher, he said, preaching is body, soul, and spirit. And he said, You can have the soul right with God. He said, You can have the body rested up, but if that spirit's not prayed up and studied up, it won't work. And he said, You can have the spirit prayed up and studied up, and you can have the physical body where it needs to be, but if that mental part's not where it, ain't, where it needs to be, it won't work. It takes body, soul, and spirit. Amen. And it's all got to be together. And they're stressed out of their mind. Amen. Uh, then you see here, the Lord, He gives them a little incentive in verse 27. I mean, He, he sneaks a little word in there. But this ought to be enough to make you stay awake. But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here. Peter, James, and John which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. What he was saying is, I'm fixing to go up on the Mount of Transfiguration. I'm going to be transformed before you. Moses and Elijah is going to be there. I mean, it's going to be something to see. But the Bible said they went to sleep because of the devil, because of stress. And Luke verse 32 the Bible said, And Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. When they were awakened, they saw his glory and the two men that stood by him. 
But look what them two men's talking about in verse 31. Who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. They heard them talking about Jesus is going to Calvary. Jesus is going to die. Uh, Jesus is going to be crucified. And he'd been telling them this all along. Uh, you know what else will make you sleepy? Sadness. Sadness. Uh, I've never been so depressed uh, as I was when the Lord called me to preach. Amen. Since then, everybody else has been depressed. But I didn't think I'd do it. I was introvert, backward, never, uh, I wasn't no conversationist. Couldn't get in front of one person, let alone 50 or 60 people. And I didn't think I could do it. And I was supposed to preach on Sunday night and on Saturday night. Uh, I've been so depressed Thursday and Friday that the only way I could get away from that depression, Brother Lance, was to sleep. And I'd go back there in the room and I'd go to sleep. I'd just try to sleep all I could and uh, take stuff to make me sleep. And Because when I was sleeping, I wasn't thinking about what I was facing. Elijah did that, you know, in 1 Kings 19. When Jezebel come after Elijah, the Bible said Elijah went to sleep and the angel came. The Lord said, what doest thou here, Elijah? And I'm telling you how depressed I was. I drove down to the Mathis Mill Bridge with every intention of jumping off. Ending it all. Can't do it, Lord. Of course, you know I didn't. I'm here. People say, why didn't you jump off? I said, I can't swim. But when I could sleep a little bit, it would help that depression. Amen. When people are depressed, I've seen this for 40 years, when people are depressed, they want to go down into the basement, shut the door, cover all the windows up and the darkness, and they want to be there in that sleep because of their sadness. Amen. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of sadness in this country tonight. Don't you think so? Uh, but you and I, we don't need to let the devil drive us to sleep. We don't need to be stressed out so much that we uh, just sleep and mess God and mess what God's doing and mess what's happening in the church. You say, there ain't nothing happening in the church. Oh yeah, there's always something happening in the church. Uh, most time we're asleep, mess it. We mess that testimony. We'll mess that sermon. We'll mess that song that had God on it. We miss that person that we've been praying for that slipped in. We've been praying up for them for six months and they came and we didn't even know it. Because we're asleep. Crucial time, crucial time that the church is caught asleep on the mountain. On the mountain. Look over in Luke 22. And the Bible said in verse 39, of course it's the garden of Gethsemane. And the Bible said he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthened him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer, he was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. 
See, that sadness, that sorrow make you sleep. They were sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest you enter in to temptation. I want to say the church went to sleep at a crucial time, Brother Sammy, on the Mount of Transfiguration. But here the church is called asleep again in the garden of perspiration. The Bible said the Lord's in there and He's praying. He's sweating blood, if you will. That's where that saying comes from. We say, man, they're sweating blood. Uh, that's where they get that at. And isn't that something that the Lord's in there sweating blood and His disciples are out there asleep? I've seen that down at the church. You say, what do you mean? Well, you got a meeting like this Jubilee coming up. You got a handful of people just sweating blood. How are we going to get it done? How are we going to get it all together? And everybody else just sleeping. Thank you for that amen. The Bible said that they were in the garden. And I've seen this before. Sammy's pastored, he knows. But the old pastor be up walking the floor at night turning and, and tossing on his bed and his wife uh, beside him doing the same thing. Uh, uh, they know what's going on down at the church and there's trouble down there. What's going to happen? And uh, they can't sleep all night long but everybody else is sound asleep. Old preacher sweating blood but everybody else is asleep over there. Amen. Well, that's just the way it is. I'm not complaining. That kind of stuff just goes with the territory. But you'd think after what happened on the mountain that they wouldn't go to sleep in the garden. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think that? I mean, they know what they messed up there when they went to sleep. They messed, they messed all this that was taking place. And, and you know, if they were Baptists, they'd probably talk like this. And they'd say, man, I'll never go to sleep again. How many times have you and I said, man, I'll never do that again, only to find out that we do it again uh, because we're human. Amen. we got a Adamic nature. And as Paul said, that which we don't want to do, that's what we do. Uh, and that that we know we ought to do, that's what we don't do. Amen. Uh, uh, but I'm telling you, listen, I'm telling you that the Bible said that they went to sleep in the garden of perspiration. The Lord is a stone cast away. Uh, as far as you can throw a stone the size of a baseball, that's how close the Lord was. He was right, right there and He's doing some praying over there and they went to sleep. Amen. Uh, crucial time. You know what they missed because they went to sleep? You see, if you snooze, you lose. Ain't that what they say? If you snooze, you lose. Did you ever think about what they missed? The Bible said in verse 43, there appeared an angel and strengthened him. Would you like to see an angel? Amen. One fellow said he married one. Said she's always up in the air and harping on something and ain't got nothing to wear. <laughs> but wouldn't you like to see an angel? I mean, if I'd announced this morning and I said, be at Bethel Church tonight at 6 o'clock, we're going to have an angel there. Wouldn't you want to see that? Well, yeah, they missed it. Some people miss some awful good services and awful good sermons and some awful good singing. 
because they just couldn't get up out of the bed. They just couldn't get out of the recliner. Say, well, I feel bad. Everybody pays 50 feels bad. If you pay 60, you really feel bad. Amen. Thank God for Tylenol and Advil and all these things. But I'm telling you what, you reckon the Lord felt bad? We sung that song, The Old Rugged Cross. You think the Lord felt bad on that cross and they just beat Him and done all they done to Him? But thank God the song said He wouldn't come down. I'm glad He didn't. Amen. They missed the angel that was there. They never saw that. Did you ever wonder, uh, how did they know this happened? They all went to sleep. Who wrote it? Well, somebody heard it. Somebody seen it. The Lord revealed it to somebody. Because uh, the Bible said they were asleep when all this was going on. Verse 44, they missed our Lord being in agony. Our Lord's in there and Boy, he's sweating. He's sweating drops like blood. He's tossing and turning, and he he sees the cross. He knows what's coming. He knows he's going to be separated from his father, and that's never happened throughout all the ages. He's never been separated from his father, and he's praying, Lord, if there's any other way, uh, Lord, let this cup pass away, but not my will, but Thy will be done. I mean, the Lord is in agony. Disciples are asleep. Seemed like they messed at his bias. Look in verse 46. The Lord is gracious, isn't he? And in verse 46, the Lord said unto them, Why sleep ye? Arise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The Lord came three times. They messed the Lord's advice. People say, Brother Rick, do you do you counsel people? I do. I counsel people sometimes. But I usually tell people this, if you'll be at church Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and you'll listen to what's being said, and if you'll do that and put it into practice, you won't need much counseling. Amen. There is some exceptions, but for the most part, the Lord will give you the advice that you need sitting right here while the teachers are teaching and the preaching is preaching if you listen to it. Amen. Can you imagine how many marriages might still be together if they'd have listened to the vice of God's book? God's book. Amen. You say, I know what that says. Well, just knowing it won't do it. We've got to practice it. Can you, imagine, can you imagine how many souls might be saved if we would do what God said, go out into all the world and preach the gospel and be witnesses and tell people about Jesus. But you see, we missed that advice. God gives some good advice Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. If we come out to the house of God and they went to the church, it's called asleep at the Mount of Transfiguration, crucial place, crucial place. The Lord tells us the church is caught asleep in the garden of perspiration. Jesus is in there sweating. Jesus is in there praying. And the Bible said they were asleep. I think we're in a crucial hour right now for the church. Maybe it's about as crucial as, as we've ever seen. Uh, I really believe that 
that the, the signs are all pointing to His returning. And I really believe that anything could happen at any time, any day. I believe that World War III could break out any time or any day. It's all out there, amen. It's all in the making. I think it's a crucial time. I believe if there's ever a time the church ought to be awake, it's right now tonight, amen. We need to be watching what's going on. Let me give you one more tonight before you go to sleep on me. Look in Matthew 25 and verse 1. I know it's a parable. But the Bible said, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took all in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. I believe the church went to sleep at a crucial time on the Mount of Transfiguration. I believe the church has went to sleep at many times in the Garden of Perspiration. But I believe the church is going to be caught asleep in a time of what ought to be a time of celebration. Jesus is coming. Uh, amen. We ought to be celebrating. Jesus is coming. I call this, I call this, they're asleep in the waiting room. That's what we're in tonight. We're in the waiting room. We're waiting for Him to come. We're in the waiting room. And boy, if you've ever been in the waiting room, that's a hard place to stay awake. Amen. And uh, you men got children, and of course your wife always has to go to the hospital at midnight most of the time. You go out there and... and uh, me and my wife's going to celebrate 50 years of marriage uh, next week, uh, provided she takes what I'm about to tell pretty good. <laughs> when, when our child was being born, and we started out to the hospital, she said, my water's broke. I said, what's that mean? She said, we've got to go to the hospital. We started out to the hospital, and it's, I said, it's cool, it's cool. I need to stop and get me a jacket. Bad mistake. Bad mistake. I've never heard the end of it and probably never will, amen. But I want you to know, listen, uh, that waiting room, boy, that's a hard place to stay awake, amen. And they say, uh, they say they come out there and they say, well, it's going to be a little longer, a little longer, and sometimes that thing goes into days. Hard to stay awake. We're in the waiting room. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Now I know, I know this is a parable, and basically applies to Israel. I know that, but I'm, if you'll allow me to, I'm going to use it tonight, like the church. And the Bible said that five of them were wise, and five were foolish. Five had all, five didn't. Five were real, five were fake. Look at it that way. Amen. But they all went to sleep. The fake went to sleep. The real went to sleep. You know what? It's not just that world out there that's asleep and brother, they're asleep. They don't have a clue. They do not have a clue 
where they're headed. But the sad part about it is, Brother Lance, the church is asleep with them. The Bible said they all slumbered and slept. You say, well, the five got woke up and they got their lamps trimmed and they got them filled up with oil and so what's the big deal? Well, I tell you the big deal is uh, uh, the negligence of those five uh, uh, that they didn't already have their lamps trimmed. They didn't already have them full of oil. Uh, uh, you and I don't need to get uh, we don't need to do it when the Lord comes. We need it right now. We need our lamps trimmed. We need oil in our lamps right now. Amen. And the negligence of, of a sleeping church not doing what it needs to do. The Bible said five were foolish. What about their neighbors? You see, yeah, the five had the goods. They Five were really saved. But there's five others here that's not. Now don't mess this. When the five that are saved are doing the same thing of the five that are not saved, you think they're going to wake up? That's why the, that's why the world looks at the church tonight and they say, Preacher, I know where your church is, but I'm not coming. I, those people, a lot of them that come down there, they do the same thing I do. They go to the same place as I go. Well, if they do, they're like these here that are asleep. And ain't nobody going to never get woke up. You know, when you get woke up is when you see somebody that is really, really saved. And don't just say it, but they show it. They're living it. They're try Oh, I know we all come short of the glory of God. I understand that. But you can tell a fellow that's trying and a fellow that ain't. Amen? I don't need to be where the world is. I shouldn't even want to be where the world is. Uh, I need to be, I need to be with God's people. So their neighbors, their neighbors, maybe if they'd have got their lamps filled up with oil and they'd got their wicks trimmed, maybe their lights would have been bright enough that their neighbors would have got in. Would have got in makes a difference. But this is uh, this is noteworthy. Verse thirteen. Of that 25th chapter says, Watch therefore, for you know not the day when your Lord will come. We don't know the day. Someone said we don't know the day or the hour when the Lord's going to come, but we don't know any day He couldn't come. Could come today. A little girl up in the one-room schoolhouse and the teacher announced and said, We're going to have a contest next month. And said, we're going, to, we're going to give a silver dollar to the one that has the cleanest desk all month. And a little girl sitting there behind a little boy, and she said under breath, she said, I'm going to get that silver dollar. And he turned around and sniggered at her, and he said, how could you get that silver dollar? And messy Susie said, your desk is always a mess. There's always paper in the floor. It's always stuff everywhere. How could you get that silver dollar? She said, I'm going to clean it up today. He said, well, maybe, maybe he won't come today. He said, maybe he'll come tomorrow. She said, I'll just clean it up tomorrow. He said, well, maybe he won't come tomorrow. He said, maybe he'll come the next day. And she said, I'll just clean it up the next day. He said, maybe he won't come the next day. She said, I'll just clean it up the next day. And he said, well, maybe he won't come 
that day. And she said, oh, I'll just keep it clean all the time. That's what we need to do. We just need to keep clean all the time. Because Jesus is coming soon. And I don't want to be asleep when He comes. Amen. I don't want to be asleep when something happens. And I'm telling you, something could happen. I preached this morning that the Lord showed up in that room after the resurrection. And those disciples were huddled in there for fear of the Jews. And the Lord showed up. And they wasn't expecting Him to show up. They needed Him to show up, but they didn't think He would. And He showed up when they didn't even deserve Him to show up. That's where we're at tonight. We don't expect it. We certainly don't deserve it. But God knows we need it. Now, I'm not talking about Him coming in the rapture, which could happen, but I'm just talking about showing up in our church services. We've had real good services here for about a, two months now. We've seen, I think, about 10 or 11 people saved, and God's uh, stirring a little bit, and I'm glad He is. But whenever the Lord's on the move, the devil's on the move. And you make sure you don't give him no place uh, to get in. Amen. But I want to be here when God does something. I'll close with this, if you'll allow me just a few more minutes. Forty years ago, we had a revival in that upper building. We had a, an old preacher from Muncie, Indiana, by the name of Oliver McCowns, Free Will Baptist preacher. Brother Oliver, now he's 90 years old, still pastoring. But me and two young preachers in the church at that time, we met every Thursday night and prayed for at least an hour and we fasted uh, once a week all summer long. Just me and them three pre two preachers, young preachers. Brother Oliver showed up. We started that meeting on a Monday night. Brother Oliver showed up and he struggled so much trying to preach. And I mean, you know, if you're a preacher, you can tell when another preacher's really struggling, and he was struggling much as I ever seen him. And after that service that night, one of them young preachers run up to me and said, Brother Rick, what happened? What's going on? I said, What do you mean? He said, Well, we prayed all summer and fasted one day a week all summer, and this service just dead. And I said, Well, I don't know. We still got tonight and tomorrow night. Next night, same thing. But on Wednesday night, I didn't know it. We were up there in that upper building that hadn't ever built on. Uh, 75 people would have packed it out completely. And when they built a building, I guess because of money, I don't know why they done it, but when they laid the block for the foundation, the block stuck out past the wall about that far. You could actually sit on it. There was enough sticking out. And that night, I didn't know it, but church where Sister Ruby goes down at Pritchardsville, they let out and come over. Brotherhood Church, Canaan Land now, they let out and come over. And I mean, we had 150 people in that building. We couldn't see them. There was probably 50 people back in the Sunday school room and they couldn't even see the preacher. They were just back there in the Sunday school room. They could hear him, but they couldn't see him. And Brother Oliver, back then you didn't have all this nice sound stuff we got today. You had a little old cassette player. You'd sit it right there 
and plug it in and you'd put your cassette in there and when the preacher got preaching, he'd have to reach over and punch a button and get it started. And about halfway through his sermon, it was going to click off and he's going to have to open it up and turn it over, start it back again. So when Brother Oliver got up there that night to preach, he started that recorder. But then he got to preaching and was preaching on Peter's rooster that crowed. And boy, God got a hold of him. I mean, I, I never seen a man preach like that in my life. He preached, and it, you could just tell it was coming to him so fast he was choking trying to get it out. He got to preaching in a big way, and we had a rail about that high, and he got in a big way, and he cleared that, that rail by a foot, jumped and run the aisles, just really preaching. And when he got done, he gave the invitation. He said, Brother Rick said, when I give that invitation, there were so many hands went up that I thought they misunderstood me. And so I said, I'm going to do it again. And he said, how many here are lost? And he said, even more hands went up. And people just started coming from everywhere. They started coming out of that back room. They were, they were pulling on me. Saying, Preacher, I want to get saved. I want to get saved. Before that night was over, 25 people lined up across the front of the church and said the Lord had saved them. And several of them are still here in this church today. Brother Oliver, Brother Oliver, as soon as we got in the car, you know how us preachers are. As soon as we got in the car, Brother Oliver said, You got that tape, didn't you, Brother Rick? Said, I want my preaching brother Daly to hear it. I said, I got it. But when Brother Oliver got to preaching, he pounded the pulpit, he hit that recorder, and it jarred it in fast forward. We put it in the tape of the car deck. It sounded like a chipmunk. I said, Well, God didn't want you to get that. Didn't want you bragging about that. And Amen. But I said all that to say this. Ever since then, I pray, did it last week, I'll do it this week. God, I'd like to see one more of them Oliver McCown's revivals before I die. And everywhere I go, I think, is this going to be it? Is this going to be where it's going to happen at? Is it going to be here at Bethel? Is it going to be in Indiana or Ohio or somewhere else? Lord, I don't care where it is. I just want to see one. I don't want to mess what God's going to do. I want to stay awake. Father, I thank You tonight for the Word of God.